Welcome to Bounty Hunters Guild, a Mandalorian podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, uh, joined by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, I'm in the mood for Christmas, even though it's uh, it was like a high of 55 degrees today <laughs> in December. Yeah, very, very um, weird. I, I enjoyed it. Eve, Eve, but <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a little weird. It's about 30 degrees warmer than it was on Halloween uh, this year, so... Global warming, whatever. And, and like 30 degrees warmer than it was like two days ago where we were fucking freezing to death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everything, but, everything, everything is busy right now. Everyone's freaking out. Last minute Christmas shopping. Even my CVS where I buy all my beer and wine from. Uh, there's like a line of like 20 people. Right. Of course, there's like one person bringing everybody up. And the, the CVS is like a, it, it's the biggest CVS I've ever seen. And there's like a full like practically a full grocery store in this thing. Uh, and so people will go up to there with like a full cart of groceries and there's one fucking person with like a little beep, you know, sk- like skating each item, put it on the counter. And of course everybody, like I'm the only white person there. Everyone else is Hispanic. Uh, and you know, you've got older ladies, it, like every single thing they're buying of the 50 things in their cart, they have a coupon for Right. And then they have to skate each. It's just like, it, it, <laughs> it, it doesn't work very well. And I, I love there's, um, there's this thing that older uh, uh, Latino women do where, you know, they when they refer like, you know, like if they were in New York, you know, you'd be like, hey, lady, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd uh-huh. say it and it'd be kind of like out of place. But um, I've noticed like, so. So the, um, this woman who's bringing up everything uh, told everyone in the line to like move back. You know, like move back to this to like where the line's supposed to start because it's like mm-hmm. this weird. The way it's designed is, is bad. Um, and she was like, really, this, this white woman worker there was like really pissed off and yells at all of us, like chastising the entire line of people that they're not standing <laughs> in the right place. It's like we're right there at the fucking counter. Like, where where do you want us to go? Um, and this this old uh, Hispanic lady right behind me goes, "Oh, we was, we didn't know, we didn't know, lady." <laughs> It's just like, <laughs> and it almost, I was wondering, like, is she, was she being condescending or is that just like, that's the only word that she to refer to another one? <laughs> and, I was, and I'm just sitting there like trying not to crack up because like the woman who's working is like needlessly pissed off, but also still working hard. Right. And I'm not, you know, I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm staying all of this, but uh, yeah, it, it was just, you know, you, you could see the stress of the holidays coming out in like kind of uh, yeah, no, for funny sure. ways. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, no, and uh, you know, as as a lot of our listeners, I'm sure know, it's fucking miserable to work in any kind of retail establishment <laughs> the, the week of Christmas. Uh, so today was definitely, definitely not fun. Uh, not looking forward to tomorrow, but at least you know Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday you gotta drive somewhere tomorrow for. Uh... No, I gotta work tomorrow. Oh fuck! Uh, yeah, I know. I'm off Wednesday. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm always off Wednesday, so it's like you gotta have people um, trying to get all their their prescription filled before uh, the holiday. Yeah, I already said I'm like I'm leaving fucking early. I'm not staying all day. Like this is preposterous, but whatever. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, Mandalorian. Uh, let's let's get in Star Wars spirit because um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know about you, but I'm I'm super in the Star Wars spirit. I can't wait to see the Rise of Skywalker, a movie that seemingly crams four plots, four Star Wars movies worth of plot into one movie and completely shits on the only uh, ver- the only uh, sequel movie that did anything interesting with any of the characters. So I'm, I'm very excited to go see that tomorrow night yeah. after work. Um, well, you know, but, it wouldn't be. We still have the Mando, you know. 
Uh, and of course, you know, no, no <laughs> there oh. is no Star Wars without tons of pissed off fans that, you know, no matter what they do, if they do something different, people are mad. If they do something the same, people are mad. It's, it's just like, you know, it, it's like, I just want them to make good know, movies. I, like the last Jedi, like, you know, I, for, <laughs> for all of its like issues and like maybe plotting things was mostly a good movie and it did some interesting things like, and the fanboys had such a fucking, you know, diaper shitting meltdown over it that they were like whatever we'll just we'll, let's just take all the plot points that people talked about on reddit and cram that into a movie <laughs> seemingly I, you know I've, right. I've unfortunately been spoiled on a lot of stuff from it so that's that's the takeaway i've gotten from what i've heard of the plot so far i'll make a judgment and, tomorrow. and they've just been releasing like you know clips from the movie over like relentlessly i feel like they've released like 20 minutes of the movie just in promo clips and everything where it's like i can just guess what probably happens in all of it and if not they'll do something that was probably really predictable also uh you know for anyone who's already seen it um you know we're we're just guessing as not well yeah and we'll we'll eventually maybe review it if it's worth reviewing whether it's bad you know good or a total piece of shit i'm sure we'll want to talk about it (laughs) once we both see it um yeah but in any event, well, so yeah, I've been, I've been trying really hard not to let it get spoiled, right? Uh-huh. Which means like no going to YouTube, no going on Tumblr, like just avoiding anything. Uh, but yeah, some fucking asshole like already. Well, don't say it because I might not have. Yeah, I might not have spoiled something that I saw on Tumblr, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like they they posted something that was like akin to something else on another show, and it was very clear what that was and i won't mention uh-huh, anything okay. but i was i was just like i just fucking closed my laptop i'm like all right i'm going outside now <laughs> Fuck. yeah um well i mean you know we'll always have mando uh mando you know it, it, it doesn't let us down like in the way that a movie like that would it, it certainly has its ups and down episodes and episodes where not a ton happens but um i always enjoy the experience of watching one of these episodes you know regardless i think again like our last episode where we reviewed uh, f- chapters four and five, uh, chapters six and seven were definitely, again, a, ta- a tale of two shows because uh, chapter six was, you know, a really fun, uh, enjoyable uh, heist episode. You know, it was like a little mini heist movie within a uh, prison break movie within uh, the context of the Star Wars universe. And I, you know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Mando, you know, teaming up with, with Bill Burr of all fucking people, just hilarious addition to the Star Wars canon. Um, you know, it, so how do you get a Boston accent in a galaxy far, <laughs> far away? Is what I want to know. Was the like, stormtrooper you... wise ass? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> what, yeah, what planet are you from, Bill Burr? What fucking species? What? <laughs> that's not Corellian. I'm pretty sure that's not Corellian. Um, no, it was also kind of a slasher film, like a bloodless slasher. Oh yeah, film especially where, the last scene. You know, he's he's seemingly killing them all and i was kind of like sweet he's murdering them and they probably deserve it and then you're like oh wait he just threw them all <laughs> oh wait it's thing. disney like, never that... mind yeah um yeah yeah but no but i and i love the way that that last sequence was shot and you know with the, with the flashing red light and him like just you know in and out of frame and like you know coming up behind each one of them i actually thought bill burr did a really good acting like job in this episode like i was, I was surprised that he didn't stand out as a bad actor you know like it, it was like oh wow yeah not bad bill burr like you you felt like a genuine like a genuine like uh, thug like you know scummy like 
bounty hunter type in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Like, he, he fit in pretty well. Well, you know, you, you remember him in Breaking Bad, well, that's right? True. Yeah, you know, that's true. I haven't, I've, I forgot that he was he was good in that, too. So, yeah, no, he, he's not a bad actor. Yeah, he was... It, it, I, what I liked about his role in Breaking Bad was that, like, he he's doing, like, the character's you know, has his earpiece in. He's pretending to be a health inspector, you know, uh, environmental protection inspector or whatever. Uh, and and he, you can like tell that he's not confident in like the ruse he's putting yeah, on. Yeah. Like he's really <laughs> nervous about it and trying to like wing it and do the best he can. Uh, where it's like Skyler, who's the one who's like hyper confident. He's not at all confident what he's doing. So clearly he understands like how to, how to project certain emotional things. Um, not that his character is that much of a, a nuanced here. Yeah. And, com- uh, and comedians yeah, can no, actually I, be I, very I, good actors, you know. Oftentimes, I think that you know, for sure, oh, yeah. they get more, yeah. they're more they're more hyper aware because they're more observant in general of the way people behave. So you know, yeah. And uh, the, I mean, the one character that was kind of corny oh. to me was the 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 woman, oh you know, yeah, the knives who were led to believe uh, was Mando's ex. And you're just like, there's no fucking way he would date somebody oh, like no. this. She was, she was, she <laughs> was really like, bad. Uh, I, 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 yeah. Well, you know who played her? Yeah, there right? was a chick that played uh, Osha from Game of Thrones, right? O- Osha, Osha, right. Osha. Yeah. Yep. Um, who's like the kind of yeah. you know, the, yeah. People, people remember who she is. Look her up. You'll, you'll recognize her immediately. So, and yeah, I, I just don't. I think she was just maybe. You know, the problem with like this show is that it was such a unknown um, quantity that I imagine when all these guest actors come in for one episode, they're like, so what kind of a show is this? Like, is this a children's show? Is this like a super gritty? Like, like they have no idea how to play it because they have nothing to reference it against. And it's, and there's no one director directing every episode. So that director can't say, Oh no, play it more like, you know what I mean? Like it's very, it's probably very difficult to, to sustain a creative vision, which is why it's a little bit of Frankenstein monster of a show at times where you have, just yeah. wildly different episodes. Just so many people involved. Um, well, in Favreau, to his credit, you know, had all the directors meet each other because they were going to be all essentially collaborating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, in, in, there was an interview where, you know, Deborah Chow was, I think, the best director on the Easily, series. yeah. Um, <clears throat> even said that, like, you know, it's almost unheard of for a TV show to have with multiple directors to meet each other and collaborate with each other. Usually it's so compartmentalized that that never happens. Um, and I think that's, yeah. you know, probably good, but also it's, uh, you know, it, 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 there's still some real hit or miss moments, uh, on, on some of these things. And, you know, that, I think that's okay. Like, I think that that's okay that they have room to experiment a little bit more. Uh, you know, the bar, you know, the expectations not quite so high. So they have more room to kind of like try different things. You know, the music in this is nothing like we've ever heard before in Star mm-hmm. Wars. So, Love it. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want them to feel so constrained that like they don't keep trying new things. Uh, you you know, even if it is a Western trope, we've seen a million times, like, you know, seven samurai or whatever. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, again, I enjoy the episode largely, uh, not a ton to move the plot forward. Obviously the, um, uh, not much going on with baby Yoda in this episode. He was kind of, you know, fridged for most of the episode in his little sleeping pod. Oh, he gets dropped on his yeah, head. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, what a <laughs> harrowing fucking... Every episode, they have to fucking drop this kid to make us all just, like, lose our minds collectively. Like, what the fuck are you people... <laughs> right. I, I mean, again, just, you know, somebody needs to get Mando a fucking baby book. Like, there's just no parenting skills whatsoever. Not even, like, basic instinct of, like, well, how to protect this fucking I, I think fragile child. Was, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you get the sense of like you know why he's a loner because like look at how fucking like what douchebags most of oh, these scumbags yeah. are. <laughs> you know, like th- these are the these are like the bounty hunters that don't believe in the uh-huh. union. You know, they're not part Scab of the guild, bounty and they're like the worst of the worst. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're like fucking like middle school bullies. Yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. that's how Super awful childish. they are. And they're they're all up in his ship, you know, <laughs> looking at his weapons, and then they find a fucking, you know, and it, it's he's probably like he doesn't want to reveal that he really cares about this kid, and they'll be like, oh, you care about this? And he'll, he'll, well, what know, are you like some kind of fucking thing. queer or something? Yeah, like that exactly. That's like right. So he's he's sort of pretending not to care until like the very last moment where he has yeah. to, right? Um, but yeah, just like the the idea that like baby Yoda was going to be safe while these people are on board, but not in the, you know, episode seven where he's like, Oh, I got to stash the kids somewhere oh, now. Christ. Like now you've realized the kid's been in danger. All I know. This time. And he was put in a shitty <laughs> like, situation because he showed up and I don't think it, but also again, like what do you think is going to happen if you show up to do a job? What do you think you're going to put the fucking kid? And why do you keep showing up to do jobs? Why don't you find a place to stash him first where he's not like, ah, I don't know. His, his some of his strategic, thinking is just not not <laughs> up to snuff but again it's you know he, he's somebody who's probably been in one place for most of his life and this is kind of new to him to be kind constantly like on the run versus just you know looking for a bounty being mm-hmm. the hunted as opposed to the hunter it's not it doesn't suit him and he and he makes dumb decisions and i think that's um fitting for the character and for his life experiences i don't think that's you know a bad writing necessarily i think that's actually Fairly, no, no, it's you know, absolutely. Consistent. Well, the fa- the fact that um, you know, uh, what's her name, uh, Amy Sedaris's character even says to him like, "Hey, you can't do that." <laughs> you have a lot it's, to learn not, about, like, like it's, yeah. it's a del- right, like it's 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 written into mm-hmm. the script that he's doesn't know exactly what he's doing. He's just kind of winging yeah. it, you know. Um, so that I, I love that, like the other people are that aware of him, you know, because we don't get any kind of facial reactions from him. We don't necessarily know what he's thinking all the time. They they do a good job with like hand movements and everything, but we we need these other characters around him to you know react to things he does to really get a sense. Like you know with the with the Cara Dune, uh, she can tell right away he's fucking lonely, and she like you know goes right to she like cuts him right in half as far as uh, psychoanalyzing mm-hmm. him. Um, and we need that. We need other characters to do that to provide the characterization that's not there because we can't see his fucking yeah. face the whole yeah. time, right? Yeah, and um, and he makes a mistake. And we'll, we'll we talk about the next episode. His his error in judgment or lack of judgment in the entire premise of that episode is fucking staggeringly dumb. Um, but again, I think tracking with a lot of the bad decisions he's made this season. Um, and we'll you know we'll talk about that once we get to episode seven, but. Um, yeah, so, you know, not again with baby Yoda, this episode, not much happened. He was, uh, you know, in the ship with, with the droid, uh, who was piloting the ship. Um, and at one point he comes and peeks out, uh, and, and I guess, you know, cause he, he was like, Hey, what's going on? I feel, I feel like they sense some, uh, some weird shit going on in the cockpit. Uh, and then the droid, you know, decides to kind of pursue him, uh, because he sees the little, grief carga hologram where where it's like hey there's a bounty on this kid's head and etc cetera, etc cetera. so he's gonna go try to kill the kid um and the kid kind of like just you know sneaks around and like, like hides behind things uh eventually goes back to his little sleeping chamber uh and is about to use the force to 
do something to the droid when uh mando saves him at the end so that was you know and he has that really cute moment where he like looks at his head and he's like oh did i did i do that did i like what you know um which, which <laughs> yeah. I loved. you're not really sure if he if he's aware of uh you know what he did was successful yeah. or not um yeah the other thing i liked a lot was the uh very close quarters fight scene he had with the big fucking red yeah, yeah, devil yeah, yeah. guy uh, i forget the character's name but uh you know and and uh just love how like how fast he goes through all of his different options you know right because you think like well why would you need multiple you know you got the fucking tweeting bird little missiles you got the flamethrower you got the blaster it's like why do you need all of them and it's like well because sometimes they don't all work (laughs) (laughs) and we see this guy full force get the flamethrower in the face and he just fucking like grins it off like it's nothing like okay there you go um and of course, he tries, you know, d- tries the trick with trying to you know, decapitate somebody with the door or slice him in half with the door again. Uh, and it doesn't yeah, fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, Jesus Christ, what's going to kill this thing? He's unkillable. Uh, so I love that. And then, of course, you know, you see he didn't um, really chop off anything more than just his horns, sort of a Hellboy esque kind of a thing there. But still, just like very, you know, I think when that, that second door closes, you think that he may have, uh, you know, beaten him, but as soon as it does, it cuts to another scene. So you don't know, like they leave you not knowing what the result of that was. Like he gets out of there somehow, but you still don't know. Yeah. And I, and I like that they kind of, um, you know, you, you don't know what happened to everything till after it's all over and he's out of there, uh, seemingly. Yeah. Uh, and then also just, you know, the way they end it too with, you know, we, we, we've been so far apart from, what we know to be familiar uh, on, on this show to suddenly see these three X-Wings show up. You're just like, Oh, okay. We're, we're, we're still in yeah, that yeah. world. That's a good you reminder. Know, they, are, they are out there. Um, well, and you know, the whole conceit of the episode was, uh, you know, he was hired by one of his, this kind of X crew that he ran with to help free a prisoner aboard a new Republic transport ship, prison transport ship. And again, this is something that Favreau is really enjoying exploring. And I think it's really cool to see, the kind of inverse of imperial rule uh, is, you know, the New Republic actually uh, maintaining order in the galaxy and arresting people and having prisoners, you know, transports and all all these things that they just didn't didn't have the authority to do essentially in the entire Star Wars saga because they were just the resistance or the rebellion, like they were just you know freedom fighters right. and they didn't have a, a, a you know. Other than in the prequels where we don't, you know, see a ton of that, uh, they didn't have like a sanctioned government that they were, you know, ruling over the ruling over the galaxy with. So it is interesting to see, you know, presumably the benevolent side, although, again, I think that was one of the great things about Last Jedi is uh, and and Benicio Del Toro's character was he was trying to explain to Finn like, guys, it like, or, you know, he's like, dude, it's like the same thing. Like, well, you know, like. Yeah, sure. The we sell weapons to the good guys. We sell weapons to the bad guys. They they both use it for the set. Like, the, there's not much of a distinction, and the ship looks not too dissimilar from the imperial, uh, you know, prison ships, sure. prison transports that we see. So it's very much, um, and again, you know, obviously, uh, someone like Palpatine is like the embodiment of evil, et cetera, et cetera. But. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, I like that there, there's, you know, interest like the new Republic are using droids to protect the ship. Uh, you know, just interesting little tidbits like that. Well, they kind of had to, because if, if they had it staffed with actual people and they went in there and yeah, like, no, then everybody, we, could, like, we couldn't be okay. rooting for them at that point. <laughs> kind of, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, like the one fucking lonely son of a bitch they they had flying the thing uh, gets a you know gets killed with a knife like instantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, which are just kind of like, all right, these guys are like. That's when you kind of realize like these these are not allies. Like these are you know, basically killers. So then, of course, as we're seemingly seeing them all get killed, you're kind of like, oh, they deserved it. And yeah. then you're like, oh wait, no, they, they're not actually. And by the way, that so. guy, uh, New Republic pilot, is uh, Matt Lanter, who's the voice of Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars series and all like the the you know the video mm. the, the uh, animated series shit. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and the uh, the three X wing uh, fighter pilots were uh, three directors from the show, including yeah, it was Deborah Chow. Chow, Dave Filoni, who's like the showrunner, you know, basically, um, and yeah. uh, Rick Fu Fu Oh my god, I'm so bad with names. The guy who directed this episode. <laughs> uh, let me look. Rick, uh, <laughs> that's familiar. People can look it up on yeah, their own. That's that guy, Rick F. Rick F. He was the third direct, uh, third pilot of the X Wing. So just a funny little in, in yeah. you know, in universe joke. But um, yeah. So I, I, I like how they casually just like blow the thing up. <laughs> they don't destroy the entire station, yeah. you know. But like, oh, hey, there's a thing in there that's harmful. All right, we better blow it up and like just fucking like blows up the entire hangar bay and anyone that was in it was yeah, clearly no, killed. For sure, for by sure. That. And they're kind of like, all right, well, we're going to be make, make it home for supper. <laughs> See ya. again. So uh, you know, what, what, okay. uh, once you kind of, and I think that, and I don't know if that's even what the show is trying to get at here, but I mean, the whole idea of like once you are in power, you unfortunately often use you know very imperialistic methods in your policing and maintaining of order, whether you think that you're being benevolent or not. So it's it, it is interesting to see them act not too dissimilar from the Imperials when they're in power, you know, and it's, I don't even know if that's something that they're right. commenting on, but I think it's a natural yeah. what thing when you're reflecting real life in the way that, you know, countries patrol, you know, insecure. Yeah. They were just basically cops. They were like sent there to investigate and all they had was a homing beacon. And the minute they saw any threat, they were just like, well, we'll just <laughs> <Yeah>. kill everybody. <laughs> like, uh, that seems like what cops yeah. do to me. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know, good episode. Again, didn't do much to advance the plot. Um, it, it just further, you know, kept Mando on the run. Um, and, you know, I, I think for, for the most part, I think that's all I wanted to say about Chapter 6, because I think Chapter 7 is the far uh, superior episode and maybe the best of the series, certainly up there with with Episode 3, uh, you know, and not coincidentally yeah. both directed by Deborah Chow. Um, who is is a fucking revelation, yeah. and I cannot wait to see what she does with uh, Obi Wan because she's killing it every time she steps on the field. Yeah, well, they it's clear that they give her the the real action heavy episodes, but also the episodes that have the most complex characterization mm -hmm. too. Like she clearly can do both very well, um, you know. And not to not to really contrast too much, but you know they had they had a uh, Bryce Dallas Howard direct what was that episode yeah. four. Which was seven you know, samurai it was episode. Light. Yeah, it was kind of you know definitely not as a complex of an episode. So I'm sure that you know Fabro kind of gave people the script that he thought would suit them best as far as what they could yeah. bring to it and best do for it. It's not like just a coincidence. Like oh hey, pick a you know you pick an episode out of a hat and <laughs> see which one you get. You know they don't they don't do it like that, right? So uh, yeah, this was. Um, you know, clearly, uh, I think the best episode is because it wasn't all nightly, nicely wrapped up at the end either. 
they leave us on a cliffhanger and it's not resolved. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's also, you know, sort of, we're seeing a bunch of people he's met along the way all meet each other and what those interactions all look like now. I'm sure you've had, you know, certain friends that you hang out with, with just them. Right. And you have your own kind of interaction. And then like the first time you all hang out together, it doesn't necessarily go. It's weird. (laughs) Right. It's a weird vibe. It doesn't necessarily go as planned. Yeah. And we, we get some of that this episode. We have this moment where, you know, Baby Yoda uh, apparently decides uh, he's going to start uh, killing Mando's friends because he feels threatened. So troubling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, like, in that moment of, of stress, like, three other uh, points of contention all come up in an argument, like, immediately mm-hmm. afterwards. You know, the way that people really do react to things. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we're not even resolving one thing, and now there's two other things that people are fucking, you know, about to throw yeah, down yeah. over. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, just really um you know good writing good acting uh the only thing i wondered though is you know if baby yoda is ready to strangle someone to death uh over an arm wrestling match like where was that reaction when these two were trying to kill each other (laughs) well to be (laughs) fair he did just come up on Uh, them at the end and they they they, yeah i don't know i don't know yeah he doesn't move that fast he would have been you know he would have seen everything happening not like he just like rounded a corner he's focusing on his soup he's very he's very very focused on his his bone broth um (laughs) very but yeah so let's go through the episode a little more um beat by beat because there's a lot i think a lot more to unpack in this episode uh certainly so you know the whole conceit and this is again why i think um the mandalorian as a character is a big fucking dummy a lot of the times especially when it comes to strategic uh planning uh he gets a transmission from grief Karga saying hey uh you know uh werner herzog has imposed uh despotic rules since you left with the child um uh, you know like it, it's it's cool I, I know you tried to kill me but it's all cool if you come back here um everything's cool uh just help us kill him and you can leave with the kid and and we totally won't try to betray you um, so to that, he says, oh, yeah, sure. That sounds good. You know, I mean, obviously, he's he's conflicted, well, but like he's how, how do you how do you buy that? Yeah, for a I second? mean, Carl Weathers was, you know, his character is is like obviously lying. Like they, they have to make it <laughs> obvious that he's lying. So you understand why he's mm-hmm. skeptical and why he goes to get back up, you know, so he doesn't show up alone. But it's almost kind of like like you're laying on really fucking thick here. Like you clearly are. <laughs> making it obvious that this is a you know this is a lie and i just kind of that's the only thing that i was kind of thrown by feeling like this is a little bit too much like the animated series where they have to you know over act mm. everything but, but like right? why would it's he like, i don't, if, he, I don't, if it was I, supposed to be so obvious and i agree that it was it was made to seem obvious why would he go what is the benefit to him if he thinks that he's lying and is going to double cross him clearly he's not going to clear your name so why would you possibly stick your head in the lion's mouth when it's like of no real benefit to you. No. Like, you know, like that's that. The name of the episode is called the reckoning. So I think he was kind of just like, all right, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And it's going to be bad. Clearly I'm being set up somehow, but you know, I, I'm, I'm the best yeah. there is. So I got to do I something. Mean, maybe here, the thought right? was just like, I'm going to go back and kill all these people. So they stop chasing me. Um, you know, but I, but right. again, that, that supposes right. that Werner Herzog, the client isn't, answering to a higher authority who wants the child like which obviously he is um and i think mando could have even surmised that just from their interactions so um i don't know but but in any event you know it obviously is the setup needed for this episode um so not not the end of the world 
Um, he goes back to uh, Sorghum to find Kara Dune uh, in like a like a barroom fight with a Dathomirian, which was was real fun. I uh, got to show off some of her MMA skills there. Um, Dathomir, uh, Dathomirians are from Dathomir, which is uh, Darth Maul's home planet and his home, his race, uh, which is, you know, the horned, uh, you know, humanoid mm-hmm. creatures. Uh, they don't all have faces like him because his face is actually tattoos. Uh, that's not his actual skin, uh, Darth Maul. With the, but that's a very common, like, that's like 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 Simone's getting like tribal chest tattoos. That's like Dathomirians get like face red and black color tattoos. <laughs> like just a cool thing. Yeah, people know. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Um, but that well, yeah, well now they do <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought like the little electric belt thing was a little kind of corny too it's like if it shouldn't it shouldn't it hurt if you touch it like shouldn't that be part of the whole thing <laughs> like it's like a, an electrical field there that's now, holding you together pro, pro that, wrestling anyway. fans know know this concept very well as a strap match it's a very old school concept where you, the two competitors can't get more than like 10 feet apart and you can use it to choke your opponent but uh which Kara does i think actually in yeah. this fight um so i that, that's what it reminded me of very very uh, uh evocative of that for sure but you know so she kicks his ass uh clearly that's all she does to pass the time because she's bored uh and mando shows up to recruit her again uh she's like kind of like yeah whatever i don't really want to go and he's like oh no it's imperials and she's like all right you know (laughs) you son of a bitch i'm in um so uh yeah he she he gets her um they uh try to figure out uh basically somebody to watch the kid while they're doing this because he's like well look i'm not stupid enough to actually bring the kid to the client um so they stop uh to see his buddy quill um and uh quill is uh there with ig11 which was the droid from the first episode uh that mando kills the one that was about to kill the baby at the at the end of the first episode uh after they both fought their way through the uh nameless mercenaries and he has reprogrammed him for uh just like you know norm- normal chores and he's yeah he's butler. basically a butler menial tasks uh, thought about yeah. a walk again very uh, very adorable <laughs> trying to take his first steps <laughs> that was yeah that was a little weird to me because i was like really you can't you can't you have to reprogram everything and it has to fucking learn how to do all that shit. Like you've had robots know, for how long and you have to fucking literally teach it how to, how to pour. It's going to be even like, more egregious next episode that. when he turns into a killing machine, but for the good guys, I'm sure, you know, like that'll be even more egregious of a, yeah. of a leap of logic, but whatever. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how yeah. it goes. But you don't, you don't have Ta- Taika with Keith, what TD voice a character and only have him in one episode. He'll definitely be back to his, bounty hunting ways i think but like fighting alongside mando in the next episode uh you know for sure um so yeah let's see uh yeah so they're on the ship uh mando and kara or are uh, arm wrestling to you know just pass the time and uh you know kara seems to be kind of getting the upper hand on mando and he's really struggling and making a lot of like you know grunting noises and uh baby yoda and I, presumably misunderstanding what's happening starts fucking force choking Kara, which is um, very alarming <laughs> if you're, if you, if you're a fan of baby Yoda, but well, especially because when you see him, you know, start to 
stretch his hand out, you think, first, everyone, everyone thought this. Thought, oh, he's going to help Mando <laughs> win totally the arm right. wrestling match. Just and the way he like, shot it. I was like, oh, that's cute. He's going <laughs> to, oh, no. Yeah, he's going to help him. Oh, no, he's going to kill her. <laughs> Which is just like a way, you know, way better turn for the show to, to, to you know, go that route. And be like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's a baby and he can help you and he's cute. But he's capable of killing sure. people <laughs> and apparently willing. Um, and then I didn't catch this when I first watched it. Uh, yeah, uh, But that. when he when Mando goes to, like, pick him up, he's like, no, 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 she's a friend. She's a friend. He shakes his head. Yeah. No little baby Yoda shakes his head. No, like has some kind of insider info. Now, if he was cooler before and he's not now, that would seem to indicate something has changed. Right. So if he has some kind of, you know, a built force vision or he's just getting a vibe check from her, that's not the same as before. We don't know. Um, but it's, you know, pretty, t- pretty telling. And then also, you know, the fact that he, uh, you know, previous to that, um, tried to, fuck up the, the instruments <laughs> tried the to cra- tried to yeah, almost crash the ship trying to turn them around yeah uh, now he did hear them talk about where they were going so it's not like he doesn't know these things right but i i, I think that they're really trying to lay it on heavy that uh, even though he doesn't talk and makes little baby knows noises what the fuck is happening. um baby yoda is far more intelligent than you would think of you know yeah, he's 50 years old i mean he's he's definitely experienced some life even though he's not yet able to speak or do much um but Mm. no and so yeah again like you know it just opens a lot of really intriguing possibilities because um baby yoda is of course of the same species as yoda uh quill actually makes a really interesting comment where he says uh no definitely not i don't i don't think he was he was he was engineered like he he says like he definitely looks organic he actually says he's too ugly to be uh to be engineered which was which was funny because um, <laughs> yeah, uh, beauty standards probably not the same as, as human beauty standard but um I, I don't think the show the show would yeah. say that if it weren't he seems to be pretty smart about what's going on more so than mando uh so i think that that was a hint of like hey he's not a clone he's not engineered he is a natural born human um you know and it's still the question is who's you know whose child is he is he anyone's child etc cetera, etc cetera. but um right well, he connects the dots pretty quick too, because once he sees the, the you know the baby Yoda do what he does, he's like, oh, this this would seem to explain yeah. what happened with you. With and he does, he still doesn't know what it's called, like he but he, he knows vaguely of the concept of what's going on. Um, right. Which is, right. I, I still find a little weird because, like, you know, Kara was like a, a, served with the Rebel Alliance, like, the, the, like she doesn't know what the Force is. I don't know. I mean, the, you know. I, I can buy that like Mando maybe growing up, uh, you know, in, in isolation doesn't know what it is, but again, Mandalorians have had a, uh, historic struggle like with the Jedi. So it does seem a little weird again, that they have no concept of the force, but I imagine somebody in this crew would have known what the force is. Um, it's not the end of the world. I, it's just, it's certainly a plot device to, to keep kind of everyone in the dark as to what the hell is, is up with baby Yoda. Oh, I, I love I like it. it too. I I love it because even you know, you know even yeah. if she knew who Luke Skywalker was because he's supposed to be legendary, she might still not have a good sense of you know what the Jedi's were because you know he's 
We're talking about uh, Luke being the last guy that would have been alive with those powers. When well, still alive and as alive, the current to the right? events of the series because it's only nine years after. Um, but right. but again, not somebody they interact with. He's you know. But even sure, but like even he didn't know anything about the Force before someone came and told him about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you know, I, I like the idea that like legends aren't universally yeah. known. Right, the way that they wouldn't be. Like we don't, we can't even convince you know, half the country that the fucking planet's heating up from dumping hundreds of billions of tons of CO2 into the Despite air every, every reams year. of ample evidence right. to the con- Yeah, so, that, that's the case. Yeah. So we're talking about like a, like a handful of people with, with superpowers uh, spread out across the entire galaxy. And yeah, there's going to be some people that yeah, don't know uh, what the fuck they are <laughs> or have n- only heard, um, heard stories. But yeah. so, yeah, but no, but, but in terms of baby Yoda, the interesting possibilities, I mean, the fact that, he does shake his head no uh i don't know if that was you know just supposed to be kind of a cute moment uh or if that was kind of foreshadowing the fact that he may have some kind of force vision you know like we see a couple of characters anakin most notably you know with his sweaty shirtless uh night terrors in in, uh in uh revenge of the sith where he sees padme's like uh, dying in childbirth and it's like the same shot we later see in the film he he sees you know visions of the future um, now again, his force vision was probably planted in his head by Palpatine. Um, but still, I mean, there are characters who have, have visions of the future in star Wars. Uh, so that's a possibility. Um, the force choke itself is an interesting thing as well, because for the most part, we've only ever seen Sith use that. Um, now apparently, apparently mm-hmm. Luke used something like that, but like to the point where you're actually choking somebody and like, it's a, it's a, very Sith heavy uh, force power. But again, I think the interesting thing about uh, baby Yoda is that he's so incredibly force sensitive that he just can uh, instinctively call on all these aspects of the, yeah, all these aspects of the force without even thinking about it, which is very intriguing Mm -hmm. for his future in the, in the larger star Wars universe, because again, he's way more powerful than, even you know probably any of the uh, ray or or um kylo or any of these people at, certainly at his age and when, once he develops into a full-blown you know adult assuming he gets some kind of a training um that that's in- and also mm-hmm. it would be it's interesting uh the question of if he will be trained as a jedi and who would he be trained by because luke didn't train him we know luke didn't train well him. if if that was the case Right. I mean, you know, again, we haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. And this was but like, sort of, uh, uh, but Luke was released. in exile from, and, but you know, actually it was an interesting idea. And I, and I'm sure this is not explored in the movies yet. He could have been one of Luke's protégés at the temple where, you know, in, in Last Jedi, where we see him training Ben, where everything goes wrong and Ben free, you know. He right. could have been one of those. So, yeah, that was actually a, a, sort of a theory I joked about was that uh, Kylo Ren murdered <laughs> Baby Yoda. <laughs> but, you know, funnily enough, it actually it is just, possible. Yeah. Like, it, that's that's that would be a logical yeah. progression for the story to take. Um, or maybe Baby Yoda gets away, and that's how we all show up later in the larger Star Wars universe. But, like, he was at the Jedi Temple. Or Baby Yoda just doesn't give a shit about the fucking Jedis. He's just like, I don't, he's, he's I don't want to live that life. I got my as own powers. As, as uh, old man Luke, he's like, yeah, the Jedi were vain and you know, vain to think that they can control the Force, and they're they're not the be all end all. Like when the Jedi ended, yeah, like maybe yeah. he's already 
Like, why would I want to go look for a fight when I can just ride around this little fucking floating baby crib and eat frogs? And like, I'm I'm totally fine yeah. with my life. No, <laughs> like, sure. you know, I'm fucking I can I can kill a giant rhinoceros if I want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's it, it is interesting. I think it's you know, it it it's definitely not what we expected to happen because we they've already set us up to think like, oh, look at this cute little darling, precious thing that's helpless and, you know, can help out a little bit. Uh, but you know, then we're like, Oh, he's fucking completely capable and willing to murder well, people. If he's, and this is again, why necessary. it's so fucking imperative that they protect this, this child is because he's so powerful that if he does fall into Imperial hands and if he is raised in that type of an environment where he's raised by even Palpatine, cause you know, presumably Palpatine's still alive, apparently shows up and, and again, we haven't seen rise of Skywalker yet, but he's apparently alive at this point. Uh, cause he shows up in rise of Skywalker, according to every trailer and et cetera. Um, if he falls into Palpatine's hands mm. and is raised as a fucking Sith from like, in, from adolescence, that's terrifying. The, the implications of that are terrifying for the galaxy. Like he could be the most powerful sure. Sith of all time. So it, it, it's very important that he, at least stays away from Sith hands, if not, you know, gets into Jedi hands. Um, mm-hmm. And that was really the point of the montage with retraining IG-11 was to show that, you know, if you put the time in to shape and mold anything, you know, in this case, it's a droid, right? But we know that Baby Yoda is young and pliable too, that you can turn them into whatever you you know, he's like, they're just a reflection of, of yeah, who like you are, lot, yeah. right? If you, if you, yeah. And that was really, you know, kind of mirroring what Mando is going through with, with baby Yoda here. Uh, but it's also, you know, clearly they're, they're in dangerous situations sometimes. And, uh, you know, you don't want the kid to never use those powers, but clearly if they can be used so easily uh, over a simple <laughs> misunderstanding, then that's like, you you need someone need to guide, guide that well, and they, <laughs> to prevent things like that. And the happen, show always happen. makes a point of focusing on Baby Yoda while he's witnessing violence like perpetrated by Mando. You know, like that always they always shoot his reaction. It's always pretty uh, calm. He's even you know smile like we've we've joked about you know like uh, about like demanding violence and, and sacrifice. But like he's always <laughs> oh yeah the father at cra- crave violence. <laughs> But but they always I but they always make a point them. of shooting him in those moments. I really think that that's a, to tell us like, hey, this is not nothing. Like this is having an impact on his his development. Like you know, it, it's 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 worrying that he is seeing this much violence and witnessing it as such a normal part of life so early in his <laughs> life cycle. Oh, yeah. Well, and I love the uh, the 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 scene we get with Werner Herzog. Um, I want to see the baby? Like he's. Well, he says it, but he says it immediately after saying, you know, giving this, this, um, you know, a manifesto about how the, everything the empire touched made every system, the empire touched made it better economically, super U S pro imperialism, more people. Oh, total, total, total. And then he's like, well, is, you know, clearly this, that that's better than what we have now, because I look around and all I see is death and destruction. And I want to see the baby. <laughs> it's like, like exactly how he says it. And you're just like, uh, what? <laughs> like, so good. you know, you're causing the death and destruction that's happening yeah. right now. You fucker. And then that's the moment he's like, no, show me the gif baby. of like, you know, the guy shooting the other guy and then being like, well, why would the rebel Alliance do this? Like, you know, basically. Um, right. Yeah. Right. No, right. It, 
Well, I, we should also mention, because we are a uh, leftist podcast and everything we do, that uh, Werner Herzog uh, spent this last weekend uh, with several other famous celebrities uh, and Cornell West and Alexander Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders uh, at the rally in Venice, California, Venice yeah, Beach, California, awesome. um, which is pretty fucking awesome. I was looking at the list of all the all the celebrities that are all the actors that endorsed Bernie back in 2016. It's a lot more than people realized. You know, it wasn't just Susan Sarandon, Danny DeVito. The list is like hundreds yeah. long. And not all of them are people I knew, but still like. Uh, there was somebody posted a picture online today of Eddie Vedder who just turned 55 with Bernie Sanders, you know, and it's like, they don't, they don't get photographed together unless they yeah, support yeah. each other. Right. So just the, the fact that Werner Herzog was, uh, you know, at this event, um, there's a, there's a photo of, uh, prior to the rally of Cornell West talking to like a whole room full of people, um, like, you know, dozens and dozens of people and Werner Herzog's right there next to Tim Robbins, who also, uh, you know, spoke at this rally pretty well. Uh, and actually our friend Jules was, uh, apparently gets inside information that they all went out and got drunk before the <laughs> before this rally, and they were uh, all sort of extra extra fiery uh-huh. in some of the rhetoric. Uh, AOC, who made a point to talk about you know the evils of imperialism, right? Which like I don't know of any other congressman or woman who. <laughs> Frames it Probably wouldn't way, have done that so, if he was 100 uh, percent sober. Like you would not have been like, ah, maybe this will get me some blowback. Yeah. She's like, ah, fuck it. You know what? Let's just let's just go for it. Which is, well, I love it. That's yeah. that's, that's good. You know, because if you're if you're a fan of Star Wars, you know, unless you're a fucking total those psychos piece of shit, from, you should be rooting yeah. for the rebels and not the imperialists. Unless you're one of those psychos right? who, so, who inhabit who inhabits uh, our uh, the Empire did nothing wrong. There's a whole Reddit uh, sub subreddit for people that think the Empire did nothing wrong and and the rebels were were you know yeah I, I don't know. I, I think half of it's ironic, but I right. don't know. Some of them are probably pretty pro imperialistic douchebags. I don't know. <laughs> You know, fucking yeah, incel yeah, yeah. MAGA fuckers who ironically support fascism until they actually do support fascism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a Facebook group I'm in called uh, Conservatives Identifying with the Villain Again. <laughs> right. And it's it's like full of uh, it's like a it's like a Blue Lives Matter T-shirt, but it's uh, Darth Vader. And like the blue line is a red line and it's this fucking lightsaber. And it's like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, and yeah, or just the people, there's another one. It's like, sounds like you've never watched uh, Star Trek, but okay. And it's just like all these people posting things where someone said something like some like conservative uh, Star Trek fan that clearly didn't understand the point of the show was like space communism. Right. Uh, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always bizarre to me. One of the reasons I love Rogue One so much is that, uh, you know, the rebels haven't really rebelled yet. Uh-huh. Right. Like they're kind of like the democratic party that recognizes the Republicans are bad, but they won't do anything to actually stop them. So you have, you know, the Rogue One squad of people first has to rebel, uh, you know, uh, against those people and then go fight the, you know, imperialists. And then once they do, then everyone else says, "Oh yeah, we'll follow you now. Now that you're doing it, we'll go do it." But we couldn't we couldn't make up our minds before, yeah. right? So and I, I love the the, the <clears throat> that that you know, how much of an on the nose political read that is for where we are today, uh, or even you know not even today like World War World War Two when fascism was rising in, in Europe, it was the socialists in America and in Europe that said, "Hey, this is a really big problem. We need to go stop these guys. Like we need to go stop this this guy Franco, this dictator in Spain." 
and the U.S. wanted nothing to do with it. They were like, we don't care if there's fascism in Europe, which doesn't affect us, right? And it was, you know, the socialists who kept sounding the alarm about fascism, and that for the most part, liberals didn't give a shit until they were forced Gee, to. what would that be FDR like? FDR was like, I can tell this is really fucking bad. <laughs> right. You know, FDR mm-hmm. was trying to yeah. sell on the alarm too, but nobody, everyone was so, you know, uh, anti-interventionist because uh, of World War One, which understandably sure. they didn't want to get involved in another world war. Um, but, you know, the threat was existential, you know, and, and I, that, that theme that, you know, well, if you just, if you just don't look up, everything will be fine is very much ingrained into, you know, that that's, they say that multiple times in Rogue One, like, well, as long as I think it doesn't affect Mm -hmm. me, I can ignore it. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, once it's personal, then, then that's a big deal. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the world in that we live in. There's this, this evil empire, but then just the baseline of society is also really uh, unethical. Right. And that's what I love about the thing I love the most and getting to see more on this show uh, is yeah, there's the empire and that's awful, but they're not everywhere all the time. Right. And in fact, when we, when we get to the, the you know the end of this episode, we see like, Oh, there's a whole shitload of them. Like we're actually surprised because we thought they were all gone. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. So back to the plot of the episode, um, you know, they meet up with grief cargo Um they, you know, are just kind of strate- uh, strategizing with him, sitting around this fire, and uh, they're attacked by this, uh, basically a pterodactyl, some kind of like a pterodactyl-like creature. I thought it was Drogon. And, <laughs> like very, uh, yeah, Ragon very small and, dragons and or pterodactyls, uh, yeah. hard to tell. Yeah, mid-range, like yeah, three, four yeah. years old. Um, yeah. But yeah, real, real, real <laughs> pesky fuckers. Um, and they, they managed to injure grief. Um and he's pretty badly wounded uh, in his arms. So, uh, you know, we get we kind of get the culmination or the payoff to that earlier scene where where Baby Yoda is walking over to the Mando, trying to trying to you know hold his hand up to his arm because uh, he does that again here. Uh, and again, again, of course, Kara's like, "Get this fucking thing away from us!" And like, you know, uh, grief is like, "Oh, he's trying to eat me," <laughs> which which I really enjoy. <laughs> Carl, Carl Weathers is fucking just. <laughs> really over the top but really enjoyable in the series i really enjoy his uh his prefer- again he's another guy who doesn't really quite know what show he's in but it, it kind of works for some reason i don't know <laughs> very enjoyable um right but but no and he and he actually uses uses force healing to heal uh his wound which again is a power that we've only seen like uh briefly i mean we saw you mentioned to me I, which i totally forgot about how yoda kind of does that to luke but it's again, it's almost like a, a sprain. It's not like a gaping wound like uh, Baby Yoda healed. Like three giant open yeah. gashes in his arm that like would require amputation. Which so again, untreated. it's like it's it's uh, a level yeah. of force sensitivity that we have not even seen yet. And this again is only a child, so it's it's like what the hell is this thing capable of when it's a fully grown Jedi Knight, or even if it doesn't get Jedi training, like when once it's a full adult with like adult reflexes and you know emotions and thoughts like what the fuck is this thing capable of mm-hmm. and you know that's it, it's very interesting right and, and they clearly must be wondering like why why everyone wants this thing so bad or why one person wants this thing so bad it's hired every bounty hunter in, in mm-hmm. the quadrant right uh so as they're sort of finding that out uh firsthand you know we're we're getting closer to uh you know the 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 final boss right who 
clearly, you know, he says right, right out, right out loud, like, you know, I, it means more to me than you'll ever understand. And it, I don't know if he, you know, knows that it's been showing off what it can do or not. Cause you know, we, he hasn't been there. Um, but he, he, you know, we know at least somebody knows way more about this thing than any mm-hmm. of our heroes. Do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, so then, uh, they, you know, they decide to go into town. Um, they, they, they hatch their plan. Uh, grief, uh, shoots both of his his kind of bounty hunter compatriots because he says you know hey plan was to betray you guys you know and uh curse your your sudden but inevitable betrayal but he um you know he decided to, to change his mind he wants to help them he's why did he have to kill him though? Like they're just working for money. Couldn't he just be like, "Oh, hey, here's they, they an extra ten percent to not about, do the thing I about Mando killing for. a bunch of their buddies in the guild"? Like I'm sure they were. They would not have been like. I don't, who knows? They don't seem like they. They not. They seem like the kind of people that have buddies. It's kind of just like whatever you pay yeah, me for, I'll do. No, so, I mean, I get it. I get it. It's like you got to have some level of violence, otherwise, where's the conflict, right? But I was just sort of kind of like, couldn't he have just not done that? And, he did say something you know, about how they're guilty. Like, here's loyal, a tip: which, don't kill them. again. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe that's like the explanation. Yeah, that could be. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So they 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 des- <laughs> decide on the uh, old empty carriage uh, trick to to try to fool Warner Herzog. Um, they send. Yeah, yeah. Well, before you get to that, real real quick, I love when they walk up to it. And there's the two uh, stormtroopers that are just like casually leaning <laughs> as they're, you know, like, people don't lean enough in, in TV shows. They're always like standing poised, like where, you know, like the blocking is like, now I stand here. It's like people in real yeah. life, people lean on shit. That's one of the things I loved about about uh, Harrison Ford is, the, you know, I'm sure that like the script didn't say Han Solo had his feet up on the table. You know, in the cantina, that's probably yeah. Because George Lucas did. is a fucking and nerd and wrote the script. And there's things. no way he would have come up with a character with characterizations as cool as Harrison yeah. Ford. You know, no, oh, and he just he watches his physicality, Harrison Ford, where he's all like, at least with with this character and uh, you know many other characters, he's always you know like a really good actor is always looking for a way to mm-hmm. interact with their environment because just standing and talking is boring. You know, uh, Brad Pitt. Watch how often Brad Pitt's eating that's, food. That's his. That's his thing. Season. That's his acting. His go-to <laughs> is just be eating a fucking wrap yeah. at all times. <laughs> Which I just, I just watched uh, Ed Astra, and we're we might review that if yeah. you know we get to a point where that, that seems necessary. But he didn't eat anything the whole movie. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I'm, I'm I can't sure he was to, more disappointed than you because he, he probably enjoys the hell out of doing that. Um, Right, especially after uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's a whole, there's a five minute scene of him yeah, just no, making him just making nasty looking mac and cheese in that movie, <laughs> like eating it out of the pot. <laughs> yeah, and it's the yeah. most interesting scene. It's the most interesting yeah. scene I've ever seen of someone making dog. food because, yeah, of course, there's of course. a dog involved too. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, I, I love <laughs> these two, uh, the two speeder bike stormtroopers. Um, one of them, I think one of them is sitting on the speeder. The other one's like just straight up leaning on it with his hands like crossed, you know, like that, that kind of style of leaning on things. Which, and, which you would think in this um, town, yeah, like they would be a little more alert because there was just this massive shootout with a Mandalorian like a, a couple months ago. I, I mean, I don't know how much time has passed, but you think they'd be able to. No, I just, I like, yeah, I like yeah. that they look bored. It was, That's it was funny. Yeah. It's like they're, they're waiting for something to happen. 
And then immediately one like tries to fucking, um, you know, because because they know who this guy is who's getting brought in. And he immediately tries to like, you know, buy his helmet because he knows he's going to get killed. <laughs> like that's how that's that's how much of a, you know, grifters these guys are that, the, yeah, they're still Imperial, but they they have their own little side thing going on. At yeah, all times. No, for sure. Um, yeah. So they take him into Werner. Uh, he's he's giving his, you know, his kind of pro imperialism speech. Uh, and then he, then he says, I, I, I would like to see the baby um, again. You know, I. <laughs> to which Mando replies, uh, he's sleeping, and he says, we'll be very quiet. <laughs> just very, just great fucking, yeah. <laughs> great, great shit by him. Great shit by our guy. Like, what What were they going to do if the phone didn't ring right Yeah, then? what was the like, plan? What, what Why did they the send plan? Quill back way before they went in? Like, there's just a lot of questions about their strategizing that I, I, I just, you know, I don't think there's a, a great, a great, tactician in this in, in this bunch uh i think you know any number of things would have would have made this plan work better um mando sending quill back to the ship before they went into town so it wasn't a foot race like that seemed like that could have been a easy solution mm-hmm. but but again he you know he's like oh yeah we'll put it in in, in uh, defense mode like nothing will like dude your your ship got stripped by a bunch of little fucking jawas like that really you, you had defense mode on this thing or whatever, but you you decided not to ever like engage that. <laughs> forgot, <laughs> forgot, forgot to, to forgot lock to the, doors, the clicker as I was me. walking away. Um, yeah, I, I do yeah. want to mention real quick, and not to get too off track here, but like I think one of the reasons um, you know I, I hate fandoms, right? Like I hate people who you know the the weaponized uh bad reviews yeah, yeah review you know, bombing. Like, oh, how last jedi ruins star wars yeah, yeah, yeah. like those kind of people um and there's always an element of sexism to it right where imagine if you had a female protagonist make this many fucking <laughs> mistakes right how the fandom would treat that character if mm-hmm. if a woman was making all these really yeah. dumb mistakes right i mean they probably wouldn't because they're you know, better child rearing skills already. Uh, well, no, but it would be inexplicable for a but, woman to treat uh, this child with such, la- with such a lack of care. Right. Yeah. And it, really inexplicable for anyone. So if, if the female character does everything perfectly, she's a Mary Sue and has been given powers beyond her deservedness. But if she fucks up anything, it's like, Oh, the fucking, the, you know, the, uh, what was the character that everyone hated from, uh, last year? Oh, July. Rose. Yeah, Rose. It's just like, oh, I hated her because all the all she did was fuck up everything. It's just yeah, it's yeah. it's that whole thing. Like the the people that hated Skylar White because she tried to stop Walter White from destroying everyone around her. Like, oh, she's a bitch. It's like, no, she's the yeah, fucking no, she, only she, normal she, person. She doesn't want her husband to be the meth kingpin of, of, of uh, you know? New Mexico. What a bitch! Like, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. And then when she even signs on to that, she's still a bitch because she's, you know, doesn't like that they he bought a flashy car. Like, what a bitch, I would buy a flashy car. Like you're an <laughs> yeah, you're idiot. Fucking you dummy. Your fucking wife's the only one. And you're twenty three thousand right. so, a year yeah, teacher's I, I salary, you're buying a fucking, you know, sports car. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's real real great move. Uh so one of the things I think has helped this show is that it's a male protagonist and we haven't seen his face. And there's a lot of male fans who need to see a character that they can envision as themselves in that character. Like they have to fucking LARP it in mm-hmm. their head canon. Right. Uh, it, like I remember being a, you know, young boy and it was like, I loved Indiana Jones cause I could see myself being Indiana Jones and, and pretending I was that character. Yeah. Right. It's just part of who you are as a child. 
but I'm an adult now and I don't think about characters in that same way. I don't need to see myself as the character to identify with that character and empathize yeah. with that character. So all the guys out there were like, oh, Mandalorian is so great. It's too bad regular Star Wars isn't like that. Uh, yeah. You're a fucking yeah. idiot, right? You're an idiot because you can't empathize with characters that don't look like you or sound like you, aren't the same race as you, aren't the same gender as you. Uh, you need to do better as a fan. Otherwise you could be really frustrated in life and you're going to hate a lot of things. Yeah. That are actually yeah. Good. Like, like black Panther or Creed or, or the new star Wars trilogy with, with Ray or like, you know, <laughs> the list goes on and on. Just thought about Ben Shapiro oh, getting God. irate about Wakanda being referred to as a real place. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ben Shapiro was talking about battles in game of Thrones uh-huh. as though they were taking place. Gets uh, super bent out of shape about like, star Wars. Real. But again, yeah, he's just such a little, fucking worms <laughs> yeah um that little weasel yeah no but yeah agree for sure um <clears throat> so we're yeah so we're again i don't know what the plan was here uh you know mando had surrendered his blaster already is in handcuffs uh you know obviously the, the first thing that i you would think that they're gonna do is try to look at the baby um unless they had a fucking thermal detonator in that in that crib i don't really know what the plan was but um so you know luckily they're saved by uh by uh gus fring himself <laughs> john carlo esposito moff uh, yeah. gideon who shows up with his uh squad of imperial death troopers which was pretty cool you know you very rarely see them they're only really reserved for protecting very high-ranking uh moffs grand moffs grand admirals like very high-ranking officials and you know they're, they're basically the like the navy seals of of the stormtroopers like they actually can shoot straight and hit their targets they're not yeah, they're they're, taller. they're not. They're usually like yeah. big, uh, heavy. You know, like heavy. They're 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 good at hand hand combat. They're not stormtroopers. Uh, the reason they're the 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 in canon reason that you know was was retconned essentially for them being such bad shots in the original uh, film was that, and it makes sense is that a lot of them were just conscripts, like people from planets that the Empire um, colonized and forced into. Uh, service so it's they have no desire to to lay down their lives for this fucking cause that they don't believe in um so that's why a lot of them just basically draft against their will yeah which which you know if you know your history about vietnam there was a lot of people who were sent over there who were drafted who not uh, would deliberately miss on purpose because they just couldn't they they were like i don't want to kill anybody and i would rather you know just shoot over their heads and make people think I'm actually shooting so my own people don't frag me, but still I don't want to kill anybody. I, and I, you know, I, I don't know how common that was, but it was common enough. Certainly. I've heard about a lot of stories of that. So it's, it was certainly, you know, a common, and that's actually one of the things I really liked about JJ's first movie, the force awakens, you know, for all my issues with that being kind of a, kind of a retelling of a new hope. I really liked Finn's character in the, in that he was that essentially that character. He was a stormtrooper who's conscripted into duty who didn't want to kill a village of innocent people. And because of that, he, you know, rebelled against, uh, rebelled against the empire and, and joined the other side. Like, uh, and, mm-hmm. and of course killed a bunch of his, his buddies in the process escaping, but whatever. <laughs> um, <you know. laughs> well, 
presumably they don't yeah, all yeah. know each other. You know, there's there's some <laughs> level of, of anonymity, especially when the element are supposed to always wear the fucking yeah. helmet all the time. Like what you know oh, bad God. that would smell? <laughs> He's like hygiene. You gotta fucking wash universe, that thing again, daily or you know, else Mando barely ever takes his helmet off. Like the, the just very, very troubling high levels of hygiene in the Star Wars universe. Just imagine being clothed oh. head to toe in the desert. With, you know, not a single bit of your body in the, in the desert. desert. Oh my god, covered in fucking mud. I mean that mud pit was probably half shit anyway from that fucking monster, <laughs> that rhinoceros. You know, just oh man, the the fucking and they don't ever talk about it either. Yeah. That's the thing. Like that's, that's the other thing I love about the you know, watchmen was like the 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 fact that Rorschach stinks because he has pictures and he's brought up repeatedly. Like, smells like such a fucking <laughs> smelly hobo. Like, yeah, it's fucking. Like, he's about to get ev- he's about to get evicted because his home <laughs> smells so bad. That's like a big. They they leave that out of the Zack yeah. Snyder film. Uh, they only make one when he gets arrested. The police comment on how he smells, but the, in the in the actual comic, it's brought up way more often. So yeah, no, very. Yeah, I think I was thinking about the other day too. Is just like imagine you, you see how much energy they waste in Star Wars. Like, oh, you got a fucking you know a, a spaceship that probably weighs millions of tons, and you're using energy just to have it levitate. Like, how much energy that would be? Uh, you know, the, the we see like a few places that are really polluted. You know, like mines, right? Where they're they're uh, being worked by slaves and and droids and everything. But just in general, like we see a lot of pristine places and I can't imagine that with as much energy as being used on every fucking planet, that there'd be much of anything left that would be not entirely completely polluted, especially for as lawless as this universe so, is. Yeah. You know, like nobody, nobody would be enforcing any kind of environmental regulations anywhere. In but you also world. have to think they're not burning fossil fuels. Like presumably they've figured out that we're, well, they're not, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're the tech they have is just not even within the same universe. They have all these, you know, uh, energy, energy propelled, like self-sustaining energy propelled, ships and craft and everything it's still got to be extracted from somewhere yeah and and you know it's really you know any kind of in- increase in energy efficiency usually doesn't come from you know it doesn't res- it doesn't unless lead like to creating it less energy being used and less environmental damage it just means that people use more of it to the <laughs> point where you know if it, it's like imagine if every car could run on unlimited energy like nothing would stop us from from cutting down every last uh, forest to build fucking more, you know, single story housing. We would never build cities taller than one story because it's like, oh, infinite energy to drive as far as we want to. And it mm-hmm. never costs anything like the only thing keeping us from sprawling more is the fact that, uh, you know, the, the 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 fuel we run cars on is actually really inefficient. <laughs> right. So I just had, you know, looking at technology in the way. But it's I, I think it's also helped with this world because really it's so it. spread out, like the galaxy is so spread out and cultures and, and economic systems sure. are so vastly different it's on a, every yeah, well, planet that like, I'm sure Coruscant's a fucking nightmare, like there, there's pollution and like, but yeah, it would have to be, or, or they have to ship their but pollution like somewhere else. beautiful. It's all fishing right? villages or, or even you know, it's very in, in Right. No, it wouldn't be that way. Somebody would have came came there and mined all of it because I'm sure there's well, something valuable. Well, Mandalore is a great example. Fish. I mean, the Empire completely stripped them of their natural resources. That's what all their armor was made of Beskar, which was their you know right. top natural resource. And the Empire came in 
and fucking strip mined mm-hmm. it. So it, it it does happen certainly in the Star Wars universe, I, you know. And I'm sure there's some like uber uber Star Wars nerd listening around. They'll be like, actually, the all their ships are are self sustaining, self regenerating, <laughs> f- double I. Well, I, the, Tie Fighter actually stands for twin ion engines. I don't know if it's some kind of like a fusion reaction that it like self feeds. Uh, who knows. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some explanation that some Uber fan. Well, you, you, in 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 Star Wars solo story, the whole MacGuffin is this coaxium oh, yeah, hyperfuel yeah. that uh, you know in highly refined form is extremely volatile and explodes. Well, it's anything that runs on a highly volatile explosive fuel isn't going to be used by many things. I mean, fucking remember the Hindenburg, right? You fill it full of fucking hydrogen and it blows up. You're that's yeah. it. You're done. Right. Um, but I like that they show this mine where they're, they're, they're mining this stuff in its raw form. And it's just like this fucking cesspool mm-hmm. of misery and yeah. pollution. Right. So, so I guess there is and, some, know, they do show a little well, bit of that. The last just, Jedi, the, uh, a lot of the, 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 MacGuffin of that movie is that that the their their fleet is running out of fuel and they're being chased down by the first order and they can't jump to hyperspace because they only right. have enough fuel left for one last hyperspace jump uh, and they can track them through hyperspace. So it's yeah, actually yeah, I guess there yeah. is some kind of it, it, it's it's very you know <laughs> very seldom uh, fleshed out, but I'm sure some expanded universe thing fleshes it out in excruciating detail. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I guess this, my my you know to cap it the the amount of energy we see being used right would be to such a just infinitely greater degree than we have now that uh, there wouldn't be much of any planet where life was habitable that was not completely polluted to the point of of ecological collapse. Probably, you know? yeah. Um, there certainly could be dead planets where there's nothing, you know, like well, most but- of our solar system, but a a lush, pristine forest planet would have been just, you know, somebody would have cut down all that fucking, all those well, no, trees eventually. In terms of fuel output, um, most ships don't do a lot of interplanetary flying. They typically fly in and out of the atmosphere and land fairly quickly. So, I mean, you could make a case that it's not a lot of the and I, again, I don't know if these sh- this fuel, when it's burned, produces carbon or not, but what, a lot of the byproducts are probably being burnt off in the vacuum of space where there's no atmosphere to trap this this uh this you know this fuel burn off so it's a lot of it's not being and the fact that it's so spread out over all these planets maybe some of them are like really in bad shape but some of them are not because they don't see a ton of like in and out space travel like i wonder if that's and again i don't think most people who write these stories even think that deeply about the 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 carbon footprint of these ships but but i I, that could be an in-universe explanation but you have to if you're gonna fucking do a deep dive i mean that's what we're here for what do they talk about repeatedly in in uh in clerks they talk about the ethics of blowing up the death star and all the contract labor that had nothing to do with the empire that would have been slaughtered too yeah i mean that's exactly you know like, I guess you kind of had to because uh, they were blowing up other planets. But one of my other quibbles, too, is just in, in New Hope that uh, we're expected to have all the characters rally around Luke Skywalker, who's all sad that the friend he made like literally three <laughs> hours ago is dead. Uh, meanwhile, the entire three billion people that lived on on Leia's planet are they're wiped out. Mass genocide. And there's like no time she like barely on like bats an eye at it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's 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 pretty it's pretty ridiculous yeah. when you think about that for sure. But you know, 
oh, just, just beyond the chart. And it's, you know, conceivably, like, they're, they're both teenagers still. Like, they're both, like, 18 or 19 years old, right? Like, and, and we're completely invested in the emotional labor of making sure the, you know, the boy doesn't feel sad about his friend. <laughs> He's head for all of, like, yeah, 10 minutes. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so the, the uh, death troopers blast through this room. Uh, they wipe out all of the... Uh, the client's Imperial Remnant um, and uh, Moff. All yeah. the dirty ones got taken yeah. out by all the clean yeah, for ones. Sure. You notice that? All the bright, shiny new ones. Yeah, and, and, and Werner Herzog gets fucking blasted. Like, you see a hole come out his back. Like, he's, yeah, not, no. he's not walking that one off. You kind of wonder, like, what was the, you know, the bad blood between those two guys that he, you know, pretty much calls him on the phone and then kills him. <laughs> like what is again? They, they refer to him as an ex-imperial. I think he was trying to get back into the empire's good graces by bringing this this asset, and maybe the fact that he fucked it up, and the fact that they maybe even knew that he fucked it up a second time. They're like, all right, fuck this. You you failed. You basically you failed me for the last time and just blew him away. You know? Oh sure. No, I and that's what I love is is we don't know exactly, but we're we're left to speculate, but. You know, clearly it's it's also just kind of like like his all of his stormtroopers were <laughs> dirty and disheveled, right? And this guy's got like his own squad of death troopers and like a whole battalion of very uh, not dirty stormtroopers. So it's kind of like the you know uh, what to compare it to. You think you're fighting mm-hmm. the final boss, and then the final final boss shows up and just like yeah. wipes the other guy out of the way, and you're like, oh, they actually the, the threat is way 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 and more. They showed up, <laughs> so that yeah. that kind of a. And they showed up in this giant Amazing. troop transport, which almost looked like a tram. And it's it was funny. Like I, people apparently were like, "Hey, this is actually just a live action version of this toy that they put out," you know, in the first line of like Star Wars toys that was never actually seen in a Star Wars movie. Uh, it's basically this like train, but like it, yeah, it's very much you could tell like this line of toys or everything from this line of toys is showing up in this in this season, like the IG 11, like droid, the, the, an Ugnaught, which is Quill's race, the, the, uh, Boba Fett action figure. And this troop transport all came from the same, like 1979 line of star Wars toys, which presumably, uh, John Favreau had, and was like the, the, the crux of this entire story arc. So it's kind of funny to think about it. Right. <laughs> Like, how can it be a toy if it wasn't in the show? I'm going to fucking spend, you know, my yeah. entire I, life I trying to make sure the fucking happens. ice cream maker. Yeah, I'm going to show you that, what it does. Like, you know. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Oh, man. It's total, total fucking nerds. Um, yeah, I saw I saw something talking about him uh, and how he was like the, you know, Lucas looks at him as like the <laughs> son he never had because he uh, only had daughters and I was yeah, like, what a shitty thing to say. <laughs> like, it was just some some YouTuber who was like implying that A, George, George Lucas didn't love his daughters, and B, that daughters couldn't possibly, you know, carry on the legacy of Star Wars for his, their father. Therefore, they're yeah. inferior to a son. I was like, what? You've been watching too much fucking, you know, Lord of the Rings bullshit if you well, really well of have course that, we know that that like, that, 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 that women can't direct star wars status. nearly as well uh and obviously this the, the the only two good episodes of the mandalorian uh case in point yeah no obviously i mean no i, I, well, I no i think they're i think they're all good the two yeah no the two i great i i i, I, I will so walk far. that back i've enjoyed every episode the two yeah the, the two best episodes so far have been directed by i would say the three best episodes have been directed by a woman 
Uh, I would include the the episode four kind of seven samurai homage that Bryce Dallas Howard directed. <clears throat> um, and I actually really enjoyed yeah. the pilot also. So and which was directed, I think, by Dave Filoni. So three out of the four. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, that's 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 ridiculous. Um, yeah. So this giant troop transport shows up and then we see a TIE fighter coming in from orbit and it uh it, it actually it folds in its wings uh into landing gear which is a modification because the original tie fighters can only hover they couldn't land that way so i guess they you know uh, kind of adopted uh rebel technology in the wake of their defeat you, you almost think they'd have to otherwise it's just like a letter h well, very impractical on its fucking it, very upward. impractical like so they and also very anticlimactic. It was yeah, just right. kind of like, ew, bump. <laughs> that oh, would look really yeah. stupid. Uh, so, yeah, I like I like the folding cool. wings. Um, and also, like, how would you get down from that? Well, and you they cut away so we didn't see how he got down. But he got right. down real fucking quick from that ship, I thought. Yeah, and I didn't, you know, c- conceivably he's on the little hologram phone talking to him right. while he's in that TIE fighter, right? Because he's, he's, like, literally there a second later. Uh, but he's standing up in the hologram. I didn't really know you had room to stand you up inside a TIE so, fighter. Yeah, but that hey, seems, I don't, seems I don't know to be a little bit of a plot hole. But... That, so. Well, I mean, we've seen holograms <laughs> work within TIE fighters. I think the Emperor kind of flashes up on Darth Vader's screen as he's on, in the TIE fighter. Uh, it's certainly in the in the Lucas edits later on to the to the movies. He does he shows up, but um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it, whatever it, it it works. Uh, it's also possible he was like, you know, stationed like five miles off base or whatever, and then they he just flew over there. Uh, yeah, he's there within sure. seconds. He was, he was there Come pretty on. quick. That's... Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it almost felt like they really were deliberately invoking Gus much. Fring, um, especially how he's like he's like shouting at them from you know easily 100 200 feet away uh it just sort of like reminded me and i want to say call back because it's not the same show reminded me of like when um you know so there's like a sniper who's shooting at him but missing intentionally Mm -hmm. and breaking bad and he's just like walking out you know towards the sniper with his arms outstretched just like like basically (laughs) shouting into the air you know like he can't see the person he's shouting to but he's talking loud enough he knows they can hear him uh in sort of a similar way that he's walking up to these people who are inside the building who he can't see, but he knows they're there. Uh, and he's just like hyper confident that like nothing they can do can possibly be a threat to him. The same way he knows that, like, you know, that in Breaking Bad, that like the sniper was not actually going to try to shoot him because he, he yeah. would get killed for it. Right. It was just to scare him. Right. Um, so very kind of similar energy there. Uh, you know, of course, yeah. exact same haircut. <laughs> uh, he kind of just, you know, like, this is what my hair is going to always look like. And I really I'm not hope he it. survives is, the next episode because uh, he's an unbelievable actor. And it would be a real fucking bad move to, to off him, like, immediately upon introducing him uh, in the next episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see, you know, Werner Herzog just doing like sure. a little cameo. You know, and he's out because, like, you know, it was unbelievable that they got him in the first place for repeated to do the seasons show, of a yeah. TV show. <laughs> yeah 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 but you know the, the you know esposito you like he's he's certainly somebody who would stick around yeah. for long haul for a show and uh, you know yeah absolutely yeah so we'll see what happens next off. episode but he you know it was great he made a grand entrance uh I, I took note that there was no spurs noise when he was walking and they it was very silent when he was walking up to them you know it was they made a point of like dropping out all the other kind of background audio so you know again i i, I think 
I, I'm more intrigued by the possible by the fact that we haven't really followed up on that end of episode five teaser with the, with the boots and the you know finding the uh, finding the, the 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 woman that they were mm-hmm. the bounty. Uh, so I think that that's certainly leaning more towards it being Boba Fett um, and him maybe showing up in season two in pursuit of them, which I really find to be interesting. And that's again presuming that he gets the trial back at the end of the next episode, which is yeah. a big if because you know so yeah so they have Quill like riding back to the ship. Mandis says you know get back the you know everybody again over the open comm lines like get back with the kid you know get the kid out of here. Um, so the two speeder bike uh, troopers take off uh, after him. Uh, Quill's on on a. What the hell they call those things? The the uh the something with a B. His his little horse hippo things. Um blurgs, blurgs. Uh yeah, <laughs> lizard horse thing, yeah. Uh what did you notice? I mean, I I hated some of the shots in that episode, was it episode five? Um, of the the two of them on the speeder bikes. Uh-huh. It was just like too symmetrical, uh, just kind of like following them going up and down. And like they they had basically the same thing in this episode, two guys on speeder bikes, but they were, the shots were much shorter. Now, obviously it's a much more, you know, it's like a montage leading up to like, holy shit, holy shit. But they were just like, the framing was better. I don't know if there was a different uh, director of photography for this episode or not, but um, you know, just the color palette, much more subdued, a lot of blues, uh, browns in this, Uh, just some great, um, some great edits too. Uh, you know, where we've got one of the one of the few things I didn't like about um, Last Jedi is that it cuts away from the most dramatic scene to comic relief, which totally takes you out of that. Like if you're going to do cross cutting, it should be two scenes that, you know, are, are similar yeah. in tone if you're really trying to build yeah. the tension. Right. If you cut from Kylo Ren and Ray having amazing this, this scene, huge yeah, brawl to. Oh, here, here's here's BB-8 bumping into things that's, that just like takes you yeah. out of the tension of that, and moment. that's like my it's biggest terrible. Yeah, yeah. So I loved it in this. Uh, you know, they're doing the opposite where they're they're, you know, the action suddenly now split between two different locations, and in both locations things are getting worse very rapidly. Uh, so even though not much happens, and you know, we, we were left on a cliffhanger after Gus Fring shows up, uh, and he only really has three lines of dialogue they stretch out that moment by having this other, you know, scene happening and just, I don't know the, the way they cut it. There's a couple times where they, they cut from the main action to the speeder bikes and then to um, Nick Nolte's character, but he's like dead center of frame riding directly towards the camera. And each time they cut back to him, the camera's a little bit tighter and a little bit tighter and a little bit tighter Right. Even though he's not talking, even though he doesn't even probably know that they're behind him approaching, they're they're building the tension through, you know, the way that they're framing him in the camera. Right. And that's that's just you got to have a good director to do that. Right. To notice those little things, knowing the little things you can do with the camera, the way you place the camera, where you cut the you know, the where you put the edit and how it affects people's emotional state as they're watching it versus just. Oh, here's some people shooting and yeah. there's some scary music. Right. Like using using photography to tell the story better. Well, I actually love the way uh, that they yeah. that, that we get the reveal of what happened because it's you don't see him get shot off his bike. Like it, it it's just they cut back to him and he's on the ground. And it's like, oh fuck. Like you realize like, oh fuck, he's dead. And then you realize like, oh fuck, the kid's on the ground. 
and you see the speeder bike come and scoop the kid up and it's like so fucking yeah. harrowing because the whole episode you know the whole series is about protecting this kid and it's like oh well yeah too bad all for nothing uh now now the empire's got him um and it and it's and it's devastating and you know I, presumably the next episode is going to be them trying to get the kid back from from gideon but it's you know that's gonna be real fucking difficult based on his his arsenal and who he's rolling with so i don't know if that's gonna be possible and again you know i think there's interesting implications for um the fact that the that he has these these four healing powers like are they gonna try to get him to revive palpatine this is only nine years after or six years after um return of the jedi i mean do they have is he like and again i haven't seen rise of skywalker but apparently it's very it's not explained basically how he shows back up like it's actually they and this is like a mild spoiler but not really because a bunch of reviews talked about how inexplicable the decision this was in the opening crawl it's just like oh yeah emperor palpatine's been alive this whole time and like the, no real explanation of why he's alive it's just unbelievable <laughs> that jj abrams is just like yeah no sure well, he's in the he's in like three of the ten trailers they released. No, but so but it's it's, it's, it's like inexplicable it's storytelling decision to not explain how he survived this obvious like important death of this. Like it's just like oh no, he's alive oh, yeah. this whole time and yeah. sending transmissions out. It's like what? Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I one of the things they haven't done yet um, that is always a, a big part of Star Wars is the hero getting captured for a while. Like, it's amazing how... Like, they, he pretends mm-hmm. to be captured, but he's not really captured, right? It's amazing how often that's part of Star Wars. It's like, oh, they're captured now, and then they single-handedly escape the yeah, most yeah, yeah. highly, you know, maximum security facility possible. And there's no... Of course, there's no security cameras, because why would there be? It's only, what, the fucking most, you know, sophisticated... Whatever. Um so yeah, I, I I feel like there's there's no way out of the situation they're in, and they are going to get captured. Um, you know, something's going to happen uh, where the they're not going to get the baby back the way they think they are. Uh, someone mm-hmm. else will be involved somehow, and they're going to you know of course squeeze them to figure out where it is right. Uh, but I would love her to to not get resolved sure. by the end of the season, like to to kind of uh, you know double cliffhanger us where baby Yoda is still not rescued at the end of the season somehow. And that's the big, like, you know, the big, how do we get back? You know, everyone's going to be on it waiting to see season two because season one doesn't resolve anything by the end of it. Um, hopefully. Yeah, no, for sure. I, 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 I think going forward, having a more linear story being told is, is the way to go with the show. And that's seems to be what people are responding to way more, you know, is, is even if you look at the IMDb rank, like ratings for each episode, the the kind of standalone episodes are definitely you know much lower like a full point or point and a half lower than the uh the great storyline advancing episodes episodes one three um seven uh you know certainly four also is is pretty highly ranked but like one three and seven are the real meat and potatoes of what we've been you know kind of uh looking for and i actually almost wonder if favreau kind of wrote this story as a movie and was like well they want to see you know but then they were like hey well we're starting this app and we really want series and we'll let you do this thing but you got to do it as a series so he's like all right fine well this is the story i really want to tell with with mando and cara dune and quill and moff gideon and just all this all these kind of intro werner herzog um 
And then they're like, yeah, well, we need like eight episodes out of you. He's like, all right, well, fuck, I'm going to have to, you know, well, well, I'll do a heist movie and I'll do a, <laughs> right. the Seven Samurai and I'll do like, you know, very almost barely plot advancing episodes that you almost wonder, like, if you cut this, cut those episodes out and cut the first, like the one, three, seven and eight into a movie, if it would be a really cohesive, awesome story. And I'm not compl- again, I'm not complaining about the other episodes we've got, but I, it, I really very much hope that the next season is just all this, like all, you know, story like driven, you know, in, and do full hour episodes. You know, I know that they were, you know, they didn't have all of our money yet when they were producing all this, but now they do. So there's no reason not to make these hour long episodes and to bring in more writers and just to, you know, uh, flesh it out a bit more. Um, and they, you know, they already spent a ton of money. They spent like fucking Game of Thrones yeah. level money shows. on this yeah. thing, and it looks great. But it's 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 still it's like if you just spend that much money, like get rid of the corny stuff. We don't need that. Like the the animated shows are corny. They just are. They're, yeah, and they're for kids. You know, and you I know, get like that for it's kids. for a different they're, age. But they're demo, very much for, made for kids. Like yeah, you <laughs> right. Oh, what one other random thing I noticed? I was curious about like some of the old disney stuff that's uh mm-hmm. very racist and i was curious like how much of that is on disney plus and i started looking around and i found some of their old um 1950s davy crockett movies which are really fucking racist like just the depiction of just like slaughtering indians and it's like hey we got them and it's like what <laughs> they didn't do anything like i mean that's that's truly how the you know america was colonized but they show it as virtuous right and their fucking disclaimer was was hilarious. It was like, uh, th- these are presented in their original format. They haven't been edited. They may, may contain outdated <laughs> cultural references. And it's, it's like, oh, just like slaughtering them and it's fine. Um, I mean, I, and I, I guess I'm, I'd rather they show it as they originally were. But the disclaimer that it may show kind of something. hilarious, yeah. It's like no, it it, it should say super racist guy. You know, the, these are these are outdated cultural views. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, outdated. Sure. Um, and actually, I was just looking up as we were talking about season two of Mandalorian. Oh. And like I said, they're already shooting it, so maybe it'll be around you know the same time next year, like you know early fall. Um, and Carl Weathers is actually directing an episode, which is very interesting. Um, I don't know if he's ever directed anything, so that's that's fascinating. And Favreau himself cool. is directing an episode, which he didn't uh, do this season, but he's a very you know very competent, accomplished director. Directed uh, Elf, Lion King, directed mm-hmm. Iron Man, first Iron Man movie, which is you know really kicked off that whole MCU for better and worse. He he's subjected us to you know endless streams of of superhero movies, uh, you know, but. Um, so that's interesting. I, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff happening for the second season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, real real quick too, not to get even further off track, but I watched um I watched Bumblebee, Transformers movie, uh about a week ago recently, and it, everyone kind of said like, Oh, it's like it's still produced by Michael mm-hmm. Bay, but he had nothing to do with the production of it. Uh and it's actually like a really mm-hmm. sweet, heartwarming film. Um, that portrays the military extremely negatively. Uh, the there's um, there you can tell they didn't get money from <laughs> like the mil. This was not a, a like a military like a Pentagon fake, approved fake script by any probably. means. And you can, you, 
Oh, okay. no, no, no. It's just the regular military and they're terrible. And there's uh, like you, you can tell because there's like there's no high tech gear <laughs> that the military let them use. Like the like the most advanced uh, thing you see is like a oh, Huey wow. helicopter, like an actual Huey helicopter. Yeah, which like, like Vietnam. One can like, get like, paint green. Uh, and basically, yeah, oh, well, it takes God. place in the 80s, but still like they're. Uh, like the opening scene just shows the military is like a bunch of assholes that want to kill Bumblebee mm-hmm. just because it's from space. Uh, and then like immediately, like when the Decepticons show up the military, like does it deal with them knowing they're evil? Right. Just because it's like it, like they can, they can take advantage of, of like new technology and that's all they care about. Right. And you're like, damn military. <laughs> like they're really showing the U S military how they really are. Um, and then there's the, the guy, not, not the rock, but like there's this other guy who was like a, like a famous wrestler, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like the only decent one, but only after they save his life. Only after Bumblebee saves his life does he kind of like, he he tells him, well, you have to escape before my yeah. friends show up because they'll kill you. <laughs> he just flat out says that. But throughout the whole movie, he's the bad guy. He's like the, the biggest human bad guy. And there's a shot of him in his office with Ronald Reagan uh, on a, a frame picture of Ronald Reagan behind him that's featured very prominently in the shot. And he's got like black suspenders, like a fucking Nazi SS officer. Like it's overt. This guy is a fucking jarhead fascist. Who is the bad guy who only has a slight change of heart uh, at the very end because somebody, you know, saves his own life and he finds like, Oh, okay. Uh, So yeah, I was like, not only did they, they really get away from Michael Bay shit, but they really got away from like the whole, Hey, the military and the Autobots are all on the same side bullshit too. For sure. Yeah, and I, I think I've I, I'm a little too young to have grown up with the original Transformers craze, so I I have no residual uh, affection for the fr- for that uh, IP. So I think like when the when the shit ass Michael Bay movies came out, I was like, oh, this is a piece of shit. And I wasn't like nearly as devastated as I think a lot of people like like of your generation were, where it was like, wow, this is you know literally defecating on our on our childhood you know <laughs> entertainment. Oh, I, I, I mean, just the idea that you would take anything that was originally created just to sell toys, well, this, and think this that is it's some yes. kind of sacred yeah. uh, entity <clears throat> that is—it's just being your zeitgeist is, of your child is being remarketed back to. So I, you know, I knew that it was just for toys yeah. back when I was buying the toys. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, I fucking like the toys. I'm seven, you know. Um, but it was, you know, it never had like this pseudo yeah. military patriotic rah-rah bullshit that was, that was never part of it originally it. um but you know you right right but also it's just you know if you can't have a, two, a three hour fucking long movie that's just the robots because you know that would cost a jillion dollars to animate and you still have to have it be based around humans right which is dumb uh and unwatchable and also the stuff they did cgi was so just you couldn't tell what the fuck was going on the whole time they got slightly better with it well the only uh, later on but this is actually uh the this the the one they did the the young woman who plays it is like 20 or something like that in the movie is actually really good uh really good young actor i don't remember her name at the moment but uh it you know it's kind of like a like girl (laughs) with her giant rope pet robot kind of a story sort of an animated trope the only movie that, that i think has been really effective at that like human story because they can't constantly animate uh cgi creatures was was uh godzilla gareth edwards godzilla because it like th- he really knew how to dole out the the monster footage but he also you know came up with a fairly uh good human story around it and it didn't you know hurt that he had people like 
Brian Cranston. He did the one that had Brian yeah, yeah, yeah. Cranston at the beginning. Yeah. And then I watched the I watched the one they just yeah, he didn't did do that with, one. Uh, Millie, no, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown's in it, and it's it, it's. I guess it's okay, but it's like it's I, not as good. I couldn't tell you anything. About it I watched it also, and I couldn't it's remember. Like I couldn't tell you any major plot point, and I can still remember fairly vividly scenes from the the first one because I thought it was just so well done for that kind of a big budget. You know, it's so hard to do those mm. movies. That's why it's like very you know very hard to really get that franchise off the ground because oh yeah it's it, it's but they've been doing it for fucking yeah, 60 yeah. years now they've been making Godzilla movies you know and and the in the you know the main characters have always been uh just random fuck off people running around on the ground who vaguely have a backstory but really it's just you know reacting to a 400 foot tall monster that's that's all it's ever been it's not like it's high art we're not expecting it to be something different um but yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember, the only thing I really remember from that one is, is, you know, of course, Brian Cranston, uh, you, you have to run away from the nuclear gas, but you weren't fast <laughs> enough, have to close the door. Uh, and then I remember there's like a train that gets fucking like Godzilla eats a train. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, they had a nuclear bomb on it and then the bomb goes off on a boat and that's about all I remember. But at least it's well, there was that some great shot, like that, that awesome scene where they have to do the halo drop, like into the, into San Francisco and like. Godzilla's clashing with the other big Mudo thing, and it's like they have to do those that halo drop where they're all like dropping in with the flares so they can see each other. Like it's just really well. I thought that movie was really well shot and really well visually put together. I mean, there's you know maybe some of the plot was a little loose, but I, I love the yeah. the look and the aesthetic of it. It certainly looked better than the fucking nine ninety eight abomination. Well, I gotta watch it again now. Yeah, yeah. especially because Roderick one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. fucking everything sucked in the nineties. Uh, yeah. There was, um, yeah, well, Gareth Edwards who who directed Rogue One. Who like I'll I'll fucking go to bat and say that's the best Star Wars movie. And everyone's like, what about Empire Strikes? You know, and it's like whatever. Like well, it doesn't even have a John Williams score. I'm like whatever. I don't need that. I don't. I you know don't mind it. I don't need it. It's though. certainly in my top right? tier. Like, I mean, the, I, I probably are, would put Last Jedi Empire in the top couple, but like, but it's certainly in my top three or four. I would think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the C plot of Last Jedi is the only. Well, and, and really, that actually, it, like, and that you mentioned that, that earlier, and that kind of, of like grinds it to a halt. And it's yeah. like, I just wish they would have cut that fucking Casino Planet shit because it does really not cut well together with the Ray Kylo throne room thing, which is a really great kind of subversion of typical movie tropes where it's like, oh no, he's see, you know, he turned back to she 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 appealed to his humanity and he saved her. And then it's like, oh no, he just wants to be a dickhead who rules everything for himself. He doesn't want to be the apprentice. He wants to be the master. And this is the entire fucking quandary of the Sith is that they're, you know, they they have apprentices, but they're all selfish dickheads because that's what the Sith teachings teach them. So they all constantly are just trying to kill each other to take over and bring in another apprentice who's going to kill him. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem sustainable that you're just trying. This is why there's only, only ever two of them. It's fucking preposterous because there's only ever two of them because they're all idiots who just constantly, <laughs> you know, try to kill each other. Right, right. Where, where is a, you know, where is a, a uh, we're all in this together version of fascism is much more you know like it it brings everyone together <laughs> for uh, terrible reasons but it's still like it makes you you know what was it what was the first thing hitler did it was like well i don't have any money to give you all guns but here's all shovels 
you know, like the, the first things he did were very much like what FDR did. It's just that, you know, he took it to uh, a level of like, hey, we need more land. So let's wipe out everyone yeah. in Russia. Let's kill everyone there. And let's, you know, kill everyone in Poland. We knew the tools to France, use you know, to get like people was, on his side. You know, and then he, he used that to, for his his obviously way more uh, heinous and fascist ends. The, the polar opposite of like what FDR did. But he used FDR yeah, type yeah. tactics to get people on the people the population on his side and in, in order to get, you know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, hey, here's a shovel, <laughs> but don't read that book I wrote yet. Cause there's, <laughs> there's, there's some spoilers there's in there, about what I'm going to do later. Questionable chapters. I'll, I'll, that's all. I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, well, that was his, his sort of his gift was that he, you know, people thought well, he's insane. There's no way he really believes these things. Is there's New York Times op-eds uh, that praised Hitler from the 1930s, saying, "Well, yes, he does have some extreme ideas, but there's no way he could yeah. ever pull those off." So don't worry it's about the same it. shit they say he's, about he, Bolsonaro like now. It's like the, the that, New York remember Times. that Wall Street Journal thing about Bolsonaro, which was pretty. <laughs> oh yeah, like well, yeah, you know, he has some fascist tendencies, but largely he's he's going to be benign and he's going to be really good for the world economy, like. It's just like, no, no, you're doing it all over again. You fucking idiots never learn. Like you you just constantly yeah. do it all over again because all you care about is fucking capital. Unbelievable. He might burn yeah, he might burn down the largest rainforest in the world, yeah. but it'll be good for, for markets. It's so, just it's you know, just like our yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> Different podcasts, but yeah, it's just it's just very frustrating how how it, Oh no 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 we we, no, we bring no, on leftist perspective but to it's everything just we constantly go over, frustrating so like, and, and maddening how <laughs> fucking baby like the minds of of media uh you know reporters <laughs> are when it comes to reporting on on world leaders and and things of this nature especially reporting on fascism they're just so unequipped to even fathom that we're dealing with uh fascist fascistic leaders uh all over the fucking globe right now and it's just like oh no well they're you know they have pretty they have very strong conservative it's like no they're fucking fascists like yeah what, what do you think strong conservative views are like they're fucking fascism like it's these people would would wipe out ethnic minorities in their countries if they thought that it, their poll numbers wouldn't dip for it and we're seeing in some countries that that's happening so it's like yeah no that yeah just wildly unequipped to deal with with the current political climate uh the media class in general but <laughs> What's that got to do with Star Wars? I don't even understand. Yeah, there's, no, there's I, like no, an allegory totally you're trying to hint just, at here. Just I don't kind of you know, it, it occurred to me as I was thinking about this <clears throat> this movie about space imperialism. What do you mean Star Wars is got, about I, space I just Nazis. wish they would keep their politics where... out of Star Wars. You know, it's a very apolitical story. It's not at all yeah. about fascism and imperialism. Like I just um well, the thing that always cracks me up is, you know, the, the people that are like, oh, I love Star Wars, but violence isn't the answer. Like, really? The you, you know, like, oh, well, if you punch a Nazi, you're just the same as a Nazi. Like, really? What did your grandparents do in the they, 1940s? They, they, had a, they, <laughs> like, they, they engaged the sure, Nazis on a on a on a platform yeah. of, of ideas and they 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 beat them in the marketplace of ideas. That's how they won World War Two. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so um, all that changes. So, yeah, anyway, uh, I, I think we've we, we've covered pretty much everything from this episode. Obviously, uh, a lot of uh, things left up in the air uh, until this this next episode. And of course, it's the longest break in between episodes that we've gotten so far, because this episode came out on a Wednesday in order to not interfere with the Rise of Skywalker premiere. So 
Um, and also, it actually makes me wonder how much of the force healing stuff will play into Rise of Skywalker. But uh, you know, more on that, I guess, once we once we both see it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the like the the things that I've already picked up that were semi spoiled. Yeah, no, I don't think do it'll be actually Baby Yoda in it. But... I kind of I feel like they're not. Yeah. Yeah, or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to speculate. I'm not going to be able to see it till this weekend because uh, you know that's when Ash is coming up, uh, and just with the holiday. Yeah, we'll, and we'll talk about it. So, I'm sure. Um, I'm speaking to all fans uh, who I, I'm sure every Star Wars fan is listening to this right now as we're recording. Stop yeah, fucking dicks. spoiling like, shit. Don't do it for don't do it like, for the just, fucking just Twitter don't. clout. Like wait a week <laughs> at least. Like it's, they the fucking I can't even go on the homepage of YouTube. They'll put the fucking spoilers in the titles of the. I saw a couple tweets that I saw like it's uh, just like Kylo's face and like I started reading like the text under. I was like ah, I just like scrolled away real quick. It's like guys, just like give it a fucking breathe. Like people have lives. Like we we can't all just drop what we're doing and go to. I'm not fucking 15 anymore. I can't go to midnight showings of like movies that come out. Like I used to do that shit. I can't. I'm old now. I don't want to go to a midnight showing. I want to fucking you know i want to relax like and watch watch a movie at, at 7 a.m or 7 p.m or you know 11 a.m if i'm off that day like i'm, I'm that i'm, I'm that <laughs> level of young old that I, that i'll go see a matinee if i'm off that day seriously yeah i i, I went and saw the irishman in the theater and oh i God. i didn't know how long it was i you know no scorsese can go long but <laughs> man i don't even remember what time i got there but by the time it, it was done it was after but by midnight. the time you like, left it I got was here with this afternoon yeah yeah like the, the, the date changed several times oh, it's over um before um, i was out of yeah. that place yeah, no, long ass movie. Yeah. Great, great one, yeah. though. Great, great one. one day we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll do a thing on that, but I'll have to rewatch it because I, you know, I watched it when it came out and not an enjoyable did, rewatch. But did you see somebody it. was the, the 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 guy who was like making memes Fake of Martin Scorsese, yeah. like just making up complete <laughs> bullshit? Quotes. They were very funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I, forget, I forget some of them, but they were really the funny. People were fucking buying it. Yeah, it it was like yes, I totally agree with I, and condone all the actions of my protagonist. That's why I like uh, characters that get away with crimes. That's why I always show them coming out on top at the end of every movie. Which is which, which is, is which like, is the stupidest criticism of course, which movie. people constantly <laughs> levy at him. Like oh, like, well, Wolf of Wall Street was too. You know, the wrong people were laughing at that movie. It's like, do you think that movie was like? pro jordan belfort like just because jordan belfort the real person is a fucking idiot and thinks that that movie was pro jordan belfort does not in any way make that movie uh, like a a positive portrayal of him he's a fucking you know drug addict wife beating scumbag in that movie and it's obvious from like the first minute of screen time like that he's a piece of shit like you know like Right, right. Well, and even just like how little he does that ends up being a bridge too far uh-huh. at the end. We're just like putting the kid in the car and backing up and like bumping the car into the fence. That was like, okay, this is not like the, the, in mm-hmm. real life that would be horrifying, right? Uh, and, and in this movie, it presents as horrifying too. Um, you know, it's it's all the other stuff where there's not a baby involved that we're kind of like, all right, that's his own choice, you know, uh, which – Again, good good choice as a filmmaker. That the, you know, the minute there's a baby there, you, you realize that yeah, everything yeah. he's been doing has been bad. 
<laughs> you yeah, just and I almost can't even see context. that anymore because I've seen the movie all the way through and I know that context. Every time I watch it now, I'm like, oh, he's a scumbag immediately. But I guess maybe on the first viewing, you're like, oh, this is funny. This is really enjoyable. But yeah, but like I think Scorsese knows what he's fucking doing. He doesn't empathize with these guys. I think if anything, he empathizes more with the mob characters that he that he portrays, but not in like, oh, these guys are cool kind of way. And like, oh, like what a sad life these guys live. But I understand them. Like, I understand who they are, you know, like uh, certainly with the Irishman. I don't, yeah, I don't think he empathizes. Sympathize, I don't think he can empathize with, with the protagonist of the Irishman. I mean, he's basically showing somebody who's so stubborn and so divorced from normal relationships that they can't see their own, like, they can't see the tragedy of their own life. He, he, he in the way them. that maybe we are very clearly seeing yeah. it. Maybe, and, maybe and the better description is he sees, but I think he yeah. understands them. Like, I don't think he, he likes them, is, what, is not what I mean by empathy. I, I think he, he understands who they are, like in a way that people, you know, maybe don't. So I think that's why he his his shit comes across so well. Uh, and you know, just yeah, but but yeah, I, I, I did enjoy those fake quotes of his. They're very amusing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like How many different scene. films have um, we reviewed today? By the way, yeah, like the but yeah, so fifth, that that, one, that yeah. does it for the Mando uh, for this <laughs> right. week. Um, and obviously, we'll be back to review the finale, season finale. Uh, after that airs um, this coming Friday, so that's exciting. Uh, no more Watchmen to review, so there's the gaping Watchmen-sized hole in our lives, G- gaping Excalibur-sized hole in our lives. <laughs> We're watching once more. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, we, we've sort of talked about like whether we'll ever review two TV shows in their entirety simultaneously. Not at the Again, same time, I think we probably certainly. won't do that. Um, you know, maybe if we. Yeah, if we come back to <clears throat> to Mandalorian, if they really expand it and add a lot more depth to it, we might do every episode unless, or every other. But if it's if, you know pretty much the same as this, maybe just like unless it's like, hey, Game episodes, of Thrones we'll is back, you know, the prequels are back, and Watchmen's back. It's like, oh fuck! Like at the same time, it's like, oh, all right, well, guess we're doing two at one. But it, but but if I don't think they oh, they they God. tend to have one big prestige genre show on Sundays at a time, they wouldn't do more than one at once. I don't think. That'll be like the the summer and the no, and the fall I hope like not. shows I really if they not. end up doing that next year. It, it's it's tough though, just not having yeah. a thing to look forward to in your week. That's like I can't wait till Sunday hits because I fucking that's all I've thought about is this goddamn show. Um, but you know, the the better they make it, the less of it you get, you're going to get. That's just good. Yeah, good for sure. Yeah, is. so uh, that about does it for us this week. Um, if you like this, check out our main pl- uh, podcast. We do a political podcast every Thursday night. Uh, we cover the news of the week from a socialist perspective. And you can find that at the same uh, spot that you're listening to this at, uh, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, search for Move Left Idiots and Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe over there. That helps us out uh, to move up in the rankings. Um, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, we are on uh, Patreon if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash move left, uh, tinyurl.com slash move left merch if you want to pick up any merch for the show. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. I'm on Twitter as well. <clears throat> it's Smut Collector with an ER, not an OR. Uh, I figured out how to do italics on Twitter this week. Um, you know, I'm very excited about that. Uh, I feel like people 
if they knew how to do italics or if Twitter allowed us to do italics more easily, people would stop overusing the word literally in yeah. all of their fucking tweets that don't need it. I don't need to have people say although, literally. Although, although think about the nightmare scenario of Twitter started letting people edit like the, the fonts they used. The, your eye strain of just reading through your Twitter timeline oh. would be like tenfold. Like I, I can just imagine trying to read like one asshole does like, you know, fucking comic sans and one does, you know, like I, I it would just be brutal to a brutal experience. <laughs> I think they're actually smart to keep the fonts mostly uniform, but oh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I agree, but just, you know, bold italics, bold, yeah. keep the basics, you know. I certainly don't want to oh, go back God. to like MySpace days where of, people yeah. attack on so many fucking HTML quirks <laughs> of their own. Every time you open your browser, you know, that works. Fucking 870 animated uh, fucking Grateful Dead marijuana. You, you realize like gifts try to half of our listeners are like, what browsers. the fuck are they talking about right now? <laughs> They're like, we're such, we're such fucking old dude. We're like, oh yeah. <laughs> It's not fucking. It's not ancient history. We're talking like the the okay, mid well, tweet us if you have no idea popular. what we're talking about, or if so. you don't know what like a MySpace top eight is, or anything like that. If you're like, what the fuck are they talking? Oh man, oh man, we're gonna do a very special episode. <laughs> See all that about that Friendster. was even before my time. Like I, I think that that was even before MySpace. I think MySpace. I was just in like. Oh man, you, you don't remember Friends? It probably was like it was like the fucking original. I, you know, I probably just didn't get make one, but I was probably of contemporaneous age when it was around. But like, I definitely had a MySpace, and like, I had a music MySpace. I had the you know for like the band, the high school bands we were in, we made a my like just real cringe shit. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I don't remember Friendster, but I did have a MySpace. I remember when Facebook was only available to like snooty douchebags that went to Ivy League schools. I don't know if people remember that, but like it, 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 Facebook originally mm-hmm. was like only for these colleges. Yeah. Could you make one? And people that have one were like, Ooh, I have a Facebook. And it's like, fuck you. Like fucking prick. I go to a community college, go suck a dick. But then they uh, eventually opened it up to everybody. And then all those people were like, Ooh, it's not as fun anymore. Yeah. Everyone has a Facebook and blah, blah. like, I was like, all right, well, you know, kiss my ass. <laughs> and now it's just eh. now it's just ruining our country. Now I want to go see if I'm still on my <laughs> slowly eroding the fabric of our society. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, fuck you know, the fun, internet. Fun yeah, no one ever reads; they just look at headlines. All right, let's get out yeah. of here. We got another podcast to record. A little uh, Christmas special. We're going to be dropping in your stocking yeah. uh, tomorrow night. Be waiting. For, Consider us your podcasting on Christmas morning. So yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we will catch you next time.